0: Welcome to Aches and Gains, a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, pain specialist at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. Pain has reached epidemic proportions, and chronic pain affects a staggering 25% or more of the population. Its human impact is real and is felt by infants, children, all the way to older adulthood. But there's hope and there's treatment. This show offers compelling stories of those who found relief and offers insight into treatments that can ease pain and human suffering. In this half hour we're going to talk about Multiple Sclerosis, or MS, a chronic disease that attacks the nervous system. Roughly 350,000 people suffer from this debilitating disease in the United States alone. Common symptoms of MS are loss of muscle tone, spasms, loss of coordination, blurred vision, and depression. However, Chronic pain is also a major component. In fact, the National MS Society reports that about 50% of all people with MS are troubled by chronic pain. We'll hear from country music star Clay Walker about his strategies for overcoming the pain of multiple sclerosis. We'll then delve into therapies that can help control these symptoms with Dr. Adam Kaplan, the medical and scientific advisor to the Montel Williams and Nancy Davis Foundations.
1: Aches and Gains is sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Neurogesics, and Boston Scientific. Aches and Gains is also available live online. Follow us on Twitter at DrPaulCristo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulcristomd.com. That's paulcristomd.com. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com.
0: I'm Dr. Paul Cristo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Today we're talking with country music superstar Clay Walker. Clay, thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Clay, I'd like to ask you a little bit about your multiple sclerosis and the pain associated with it. How did you discover, for example, that you had multiple sclerosis?
2: Well, it was a, a series of, of issues that I was going through all at once. Uh, it, was, it was as if I were, I guess you could say, hit with a baseball bat <laughs> <laughs> all at one time. Um, I experienced, uh, I guess, what well, it is what you would call an attack of what's called rel- relapsing-remitting MS. It uh, is the, kind, the type of MS that uh, uh, relapses and then goes into remission. I've been in remission for the last 11 years. But the, uh, the, the, re- the relapse that I was having, the first one, our exacerbation, I had um, double vision, loss of balance. Uh, my right leg felt like it was asleep completely and my um, thumb and forefinger on my right hand would not close, as well as a facial spasm that I had on my right side that lasted for eight weeks, which rubbed a blister on my eyeball. That, that, it was a pretty drastic attack.
0: Tell us what kind of pain you've experienced that's associated with multiple sclerosis.
2: Well, my, my pain is um, uh, associated with my, my right hip and groin area. It feels like there's more room... In my ball and socket, in my hip, whenever I do these stretches, and, and it feels better when I get the blood flowing through it. But um, when I first get up in the morning, um, it's it's sore, and it's a chronic soreness that I, I feel like is there um, because of the first attack that I had.
0: Is the pain a burning sensation or an aching sensation? It's a achy. And is it there all day?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Um, my right hip, I guess, near the uh, sciatic nerve is, is is the area that mainly, you know, I just want to take my hand and just kind of dig in there. It almost tickles and hurts at the
0: same time and feels good. How do you actually then best treat that sensation that you're having? You mentioned a lot of stretching. Do you use any medications as well?
2: I don't use any medications, but I, 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 the best thing for me is to ride a a bike that has uh, where you can actually either clip into the pedal or actually put a strap over the foot because the actual correct way to ride a bike is if you're clipped in is there's a push down with with one leg and then the opposite leg is actually pulling upward on on the upstroke and then as it goes down the other leg pulls upwards and that really exercises my hip flexor and gets blood flowing through there. And it, when, I ride, when I ride bikes, um, it, it seems like um, um, what I would call um, a temporary cure to the, uh, uh, to the pain.
0: I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals, a leading pharmaceutical company focused in specialty-driven markets, including pain management, and dedicated to improving and protecting quality of life for people around the world. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com.
0: Welcome back to Aches and Gains. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. We're here with Clay Walker, who, in addition to scoring four platinum-selling albums, has received a humanitarian award for his charitable efforts for multiple sclerosis. He's sharing with us how he's overcome the pain of MS. Clay, a lot of patients, a lot of people with pain will say that the pain can overwhelm them uh, during the day because, or even during the evening, because it's just grueling. And I wondered how you cope with that type of sensation that could occur throughout the day and into the evening, given your demanding career.
2: You know, I experience pain in my right ankle uh, quite frequently because the right calf, calf muscle is affected by MS. And this happens in a lot of people with MS. And whichever leg is affected, that calf muscle will tighten up and it will draw that particular toe in a downward position causing people to stump their toe a lot. Therefore, it also causes a stiffness in that particular ankle because the ankle is not is not operating properly because the toe cannot release because the calf muscle it's stronger than than the foot. So what I do is I really stretch the ankle and calf muscle every morning, every day. And I'll always have pain there before. But after you stretch it and get blood flowing through it, it will either completely go away or significantly reduce the pain. So at my MO, you know, I try to get my muscles uh, warmed up and I, I don't have problems with that. You know, sitting for a long period of time or, or being or not being physically active, I think only contributes to um, greater quantity of pain and, uh, and, and more, more often.
0: Have you noticed whether the pain has affected your career as a country singer at all?
2: No, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, when I'm on stage, it's when I feel my very best because I'm moving constantly. It feels like I don't even have MS when I'm on stage. You know, I think that, that a mentality and attitude for people is super important to overcome anything and especially pain. You know, if you, if you have pain, you're going to be more apt to try to protect those areas. You know, um, I think that it should be just the opposite. I think we should be using those areas.
0: When you were, or after you were diagnosed with MS, did your life change in any respect?
2: I guess seclusion, because we all tend to want to withdraw whenever we are uh, attacked. But um, I use it as a springboard to motivate me when I worked out. It was for vanity purposes, you know. Now I use the MS as a motivator to stay in better physical health. So I feel like it all starts with the attitude of the person and their choosing a um, a method and sticking with it and saying, "Okay, I'm going to move forward. I'm going I'm going to take care of myself." And no matter what level of debilitation I'm at, I can improve that. And while MS is not curable, um, I certainly believe that we can overcome some of, if not all of, the physical um, disadvantages that MS can throw at us.
0: I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is sponsored by Endo Pharmaceuticals, a U.S.-based specialty healthcare solutions company that delivers innovative diagnostics, drugs, devices. And clinical data to meet the needs of patients in areas such as pain, urology, oncology, and endocrinology. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulcristomd.com. That's paulcristomd.com. I'm Dr. Paul
0: Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. We're talking with country music superstar Clay Walker about his multiple sclerosis and pain related to multiple sclerosis in his right groin and right hip. Clay, I've had some people tell me that their pain may be linked to a curse from God. Have you ever felt that way?
2: No, not ever. If you are a Christian, or or whatever your faith may be, the Creator that we worship uh, does not wish us to be sick, because I believe that all of us believe um, that our higher power is perfect. I would say that you know MS is not perfection. At the at the same time, um, I believe that we as individuals are given the tools that we need. We just need to learn how to access them.
0: Clay, how do you overcome the fear of pain that you may experience in the future, or the symptoms of your disease process getting worse?
2: You, you know, I, I've been very fortunate, you know, getting on Copaxone. That gave me a lot of confidence. You know, there's nothing else really that I know of that I could do that could have done any better because I've I've been in remission. You know, I hate using that word. It sounds like a cancer term, but it's the only word that I, I really know that is adequate at the moment. If I could give advice to people, um, it would be if you slow down and and let and let this disease take control of your life and you plan everything around MS, then you're, you're giving it the right-of-way. It is a part of us. It is not the whole of us. One of these days, uh, with doctor's help and, and researcher's help, maybe it, it won't be put, have any part in this world.
0: Clay, it seems like you have a remarkable ability to integrate the experience of multiple sclerosis and the pain associated with it into your being and a lot of people who suffer from other disease processes and pain and chronic illnesses in general aren't able to do that it just seems like uh, it's impossible for them and as a result uh, develop depression and anxiety and isolation did any of those experiences occur in your life
2: look at it and say it's not fatal but I'm not going to let this debilitate my attitude. Because when you let it debilitate your attitude, I don't think you really stand a chance. I've not met anyone yet who has a negative attitude, who has not brought more negativity into their life and to the people around them. Is it a cure-all? I, I, don't, I don't think so. But I think it is definitely the first step in helping that process.
0: Clay Walker, thank you very much for joining us today. For Rakes and Gains, I'm Dr. Paul Christo. Thank you, Doc.
1: Aches and Gains is sponsored by Neurogesics, a biopharmaceutical company focused on developing and commercializing novel pain management therapies. Aches and Gains is also available live online. Follow us on Twitter at Dr. Paul Christo and like us on Facebook,
0: Aches and Gains. Welcome back to Aches and Gains. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. We're with Dr. Adam Kaplan, Assistant Professor of Psychiatry at Johns Hopkins Medicine, who's made a career out of studying both the neurological and behavioral aspects of multiple sclerosis. Dr. Kaplan is the Medical and Scientific Advisor to Montel Williams and the Nancy Davis Foundations. Dr. Kaplan, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about what MS is and what it does to the body.
3: So multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease where the immune system that is normally charged with fighting off infections, bacteria, viruses fungus, and the like, turns on itself uh, on the individual and starts attacking the brain and spinal cord as well as the optic nerve. And this attack usually involves the stripping of myelin, which is the insulation around the neurons of the brain, much like the wires in your house have rubber insulation. And that stripping of the insulation leads to troubles with the firing of the electrical signals in the brain and can lead to weakness, um, trouble with sensation bowel-bladder uh, control, uh, as well as depression, cognitive impairment, and one of the very prominent symptoms that many patients suffer from is neuropathic pain.
0: When during the course of the disease, might a patient begin feeling pain?
3: So there's uh, a, a couple of different sources for pain in patients with uh, MS. One is from spasticity, so one of the things that the uh, nerves do is not only control volitional movement and contractions of muscles but they also control the relaxation of muscles so when you have lesions uh, that cause misfiring of the of the neurons in the brain you can uh, have increased tone and this increased tone can lead to what's called spasticity and this can lead to pain and people often sort of experience sort of like a charley horse, not that acute usually, but a charley horse is, of course, an increased contraction of a muscle. Then the other common source of pain is from misfiring of the sensory neurons where, you know, either there's uh, short-circuiting because as that insulation is stripped off, uh, neurons can sort of cross over and start getting irritable and start sending signals of burning or sometimes that sensation of, pins and needles that will not stop.
0: Does the pain typically get worse as the disease progresses or not?
3: Sometimes pain can be an early presenting symptom for some patients. Sometimes it can be a late presenting symptom. Sometimes it'll appear uh, and then start to remit over time, that relapsing remitting course. I I can't say that there's one set uh, sort of pattern that all patients
0: follow. I myself have treated some patients with multiple sclerosis, and I've typically seen them later in the course of their disease. What are some of the treatments that you have found most successful or that are found to be most successful to help treat spasticity associated with multiple sclerosis?
3: If you can get a patient who's compliant and willing to put in the work, stretching and exercise, particularly aqua therapy, uh, swimming and the like, but regular stretching can really help dramatically with the kind of spasticity patients get.
0: It's interesting that you say that because I talked to and interviewed Clay Walker, who's a country music singer, and he in fact said that when he feels as though blood gets flowing to the areas that are painful for him, which is the right hip pain, and when he stretches, that he improves overall and that his pain is reduced.
3: I think that patients need to do what he has clearly done, which is sort of get To spend some time with their body and figure out what works the best and and what kind of intervention to help. Of course, building muscle and maintaining muscle mass uh, and getting the cardiovascular system involved, all of that is, is just good in
0: general. We've learned more about the beneficial effects of botulinum toxin these days. For example, it's used to help prevent migraine headaches and it's used to help treat eye disorders. How useful is it and how effective is it at treating the spasms related to multiple sclerosis?
3: Where it tends to be very helpful in patients with MS is if they have a very focal spasticity increased, you know, trapezius muscle, then it can be beneficial. Also, uh, a number of uh, researchers and clinicians have found benefit, and some of my patients report benefit as well, with the use of Botox uh, injections into the uh, bladder muscles that help with incontinence, urge incontinence, and the like. So that's another form of spasticity that can lead to urinary incontinence. But when it involves, you know, large tracts of muscles in the legs and the like, then you know, Botox is just not general enough. In you know, at least that I have found in my patients to be able to help.
0: I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is sponsored by Boston Scientific, a leader in microelectric implantable technologies used to treat chronic neuropathic pain. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com.
0: Welcome back to Aches and Gains. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. We're with Dr. Adam Kaplan, Assistant Professor of Psychiatry at Johns Hopkins Medicine, who's made a career out of studying both the neurological and behavioral aspects of multiple sclerosis. I have found that baclofen, which is another medication you mentioned earlier, and a muscle relaxant has been very useful for those patients with MS, whom I've seen later in the course of the disease, who are sometimes virtually wheelchair-bound, and especially in the form of a pain pump that I've implanted, those types of pumps that deliver baclofen to the spinal cord are not used as frequently, and it seems that they're used more often after their disease has progressed more seriously.
3: I think you're bringing up a great point. I think the uh, for patients who have severe cases that are obviously being referred to you, um, you know, where they've tried other uh, interventions and stretching isn't enough clearly and they have significant um, impairments, then the baclofen pump is, is fabulous because you don't get the systemic absorption, as you're suggesting. It tends to focus really on, uh, you know, without the side effects, uh, which can be exhaustion and fatigue and, and those kinds of things when systemically given the pump can be life transforming. You know, it has to be done with someone like you who has experience in ascertaining is this right for any given patient.
0: Dr. Kaplan, what kind of treatments can we expect in the future from multiple sclerosis? What is
3: going to be hopefully uh, on the not too distant horizon are ways of actually resetting the immune system um, rather than these general treatments that um, are you know, that suppress the immune system in a very broad way because suppressing the immune system, the immune system does important things like, again, fight off infections. Uh, it actually helps monitor the body to make sure you don't get rogue cells dividing out of control, which is cancer. So the immune system is important. And if there's a better way to reset the immune system and, uh, and unlearn the mistakes the immune system has made, I think that that's very exciting. I think that's on the horizon. If it's no longer science fiction to be able to really shut off the inflammation with some of these more, uh, right now, dramatic treatments, but that are getting safer and safer.
0: Well, Dr. Adam Kaplan, I thank you very much for being here today. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate the time to discuss these important issues.
1: Tune in next time when we explore another interesting topic on Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Neurogesics, and Boston Scientific. Aches and Gains is also available live online. Follow us on Twitter at Dr. Paul Christo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. Each week, we invite you to email Dr. Christo with your questions at achesandgains at gmail.com.
0: This is a question from Jill from Washington, D.C. Are anti-inflammatory medications like ibuprofen bad for people with stomach or kidney problems? Jill, anti-inflammatory medications can be quite effective for pain relief. In fact, more than 30 million people worldwide take at least one anti-inflammatory daily. The conditions most commonly treated with anti-inflammatories are muscle and bone disorders, such as osteoarthritis. The problem with these drugs, however, is that they can cause stomach upset and kidney problems. There are a second group of anti-inflammatories called COX-2 inhibitors, like Celebrex, that can minimize stomach problems. So if you already have stomach or kidney problems, make sure that you use the anti-inflammatories under the guidance of a physician. This is a question from Michael from Baltimore. How truthful is the statement, no pain, no gain? Michael, I think you have to be very careful with that statement. Pain that is brief or acute and doesn't last for long periods is generally okay. Remember that pain warns us of injury or possible injury. Soreness is common in playing sports and injuries occur that are painful. It's the pain that persists over three or more months that becomes worrisome and may lead to chronic pain. There is some truth to the statement that pain can lead to healthy gains in sports and in exercising, but pain that is present all the time for a long time needs to be evaluated. This is a question from Irene from Dundalk. I seem to have headaches every single day for the last month or so, sometimes severe enough that it bothers my neck. It's mostly sinus-related pressure under the eyes and temples. I use an air cleaner in the house. Nothing is working. Is there any other remedy? Irene, sinus headaches are commonly diagnosed, but are often an uncommon cause of persistent headaches. Many patients actually have symptoms related to migraine, that is throbbing, pulsating one-sided pain associated with either nausea or light, and sound sensitivity. If the headaches continue, I would recommend seeing your primary care doctor or neurologist for an evaluation. In the meantime, you could consider another over-the-counter agent like ibuprofen or leave without any additives. If you have non-infectious sinus symptoms, then a trial of nasal steroids under the direction of a physician may also be helpful.
1: The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Aches and Gains is also available live online. Follow us on Twitter at Dr. Paul Christo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. To access podcasts of the show, please go to PaulChristomD.com. That's paulcristo.md.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Eric Vore and Dr. Paul Christo. Ty Ford is the audio engineer, and Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.